Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Om Shangno Mitra Swang Barunaha Shangno Bhavatyar Yama Shangno Indro Brihaspatihi Shangno Vishnu Rurukramaha Namo Brahmane Namaste Vayo Tvameva Pratyakshang Brahmasi Tvameva Pratyakshang Brahmavadishyami Ritang Vadishyami Satyang Vadishyami Tadam Abhatu Tadbhaktaram Abhatu Abhatumam Abhatubhaktaram Om Shanti 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 Om, may the guardian of the day be propitious to us. May the guardians of night protect us. May the guardian of vision guide our steps. May those powers which conserve strength and sharpen the intellect benefit us. May the all-pervasive Lord Protect us. Salutations to Brahman, the controller of actions. Thou art truly the visible Brahman. The alone I address as the visible Brahman. The right will I speak, the truth will I speak. May Brahman protect the teacher. May he protect me as well. Oh, peace, peace, peace be unto us all. So today we have the topic. This topic is self-discovery and self-actualization and self-realization. The three aspects of our life's question. First to know, we live in the called identity crisis. We do not know who we are. We think that we are something, but later on we, are, uh, we discover that, no, 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 I am something else. And it goes on changing all through the life. The first part of our life is this called questioning about me. We question about the world, but this is a question about me, who am I? And that question comes not easily. It comes after long trials and tribulations of life, going through different stages of experiences in life, suffering, pain, joy, fun, all this come one day to question more deeply, actually who am I? In the strange land in the world, we roam around, not knowing who we are. That's a very fundamental question to discover this self, this self. Who is this? And then comes the second question that if it is I understand listening to holy people, reading holy text, going to holy places, if we understand that I am not this something else, then comes, how can I understand that? How can I feel that? How can I experience that? How can I make it actualize in my life? If I am not this, but I am something, and something more than we can think about ourselves, if this question, first question, haunts a person and he finds some response, yes, here is the response. It is possible this is your identity, this is yourself. If that comes, this third, second question comes, is it possible I can actualize it in my life? Otherwise, these big theories are not only theories. That has no implication in life. The second vital point comes then. 
that there's some disciplines maybe we have to practice certain something to understand who we are. And the third stage will be there. It is self-realization. If that self is me, have I realized it? And can be realized and if you attain to that experience, that is called the realization of the self. So three stages of journey to the infinite, to our divine essence. First of all, this stage where we are now, we live, we eat, we sleep, we cry, we weep, we enjoy, we do everything whatever we do in our life. This self is the self or something else. To explore that, explore that, explore that. How foolishly we say about ourselves that I am this. Today I say something about, define me about this, the way I am now. And then tomorrow you get a degree. You think you are something else. Next day you go to a music class and get a good training in music. Then you say, I am a singer. You identify yourself as the things are changing in the out exterior. But how long will move in this type of changes about our identity? Not knowing who actually we are. So is it not a crisis? It's called, really, we are not aware. But we, are, we think that we are perfectly okay. But a serious thinker will be aware that am I not in a crisis? Which I am talking about? Which is myself I am talking about? The baby who is to crawl in the ground, that identity? As we mature, we went to the grade school, that I? That self, going to high school, going to college, going to be in university, having some type of trained personality, we go on and on. Every second we are thinking that we are something, not that what I thought about. So this is called the Jigasha. So first point is very important to discover that there is a crisis and I want to know what is me, what is the self in me, what I call I. And that comes normally unless we get experience of the world, which simply is experience of suffering and pain, a little bit of touch of joy, followed by so much of suffering, that is life. We are happy with that. We try to manage with that. But a point comes in our life we cannot satisfy there. That I cannot bear with it. This little getting and so much suffering in the back, I am not happy with it. So when we get this three types of Suffering, Buddhism says that, Hinduism talks about that. It is called Dukkha Trayo, three types of suffering. When we are troubled with that, every time we are troubled, we question, why this to me? Who is doing this? Who is me? These questions, this, these are the life's great teachers. When you get the lesson, and try to learn to question, not to be totally ignorant about the things in which we are living we are, and we are dying. So this question comes, that's why three types of suffering, dukkha, trayo. These three types of suffering, the subjective suffering, what I create now, here, due to my mistake or my willful action and I get a battering from the world. It's called the suffering and pain and anguish. Huh? And then we go to the next. I do not do anything, but somebody did for me. 
So that is another suffering caused by some other person. I can blame, I can claim, but still suffering is suffering. I can blame anyone for my suffering, but suffering does not reduce for that. Suffering, we have to suffer. I get an excuse, oh, it is not my fault, I am good, but somebody has done for me. That's good. But it does not solve the problem. In third, when you find that not me or any friend or anyone who we loved, they did something, not that even, some unforeseen situation, some calamities, natural disasters, fire, earthquake, tsunami. We are victims of that and we suffer. So in any types of, out of these three types of suffering, we get battered by this type of suffering. Then our inner soul, the inner divinity, as it wakes up and says, what is going on? And we cannot accept that. We want to get out of that problem. And how to get, what to get, and then comes the real spiritual journey in life starts there. So, we are, let, let us look at our present condition. How we are happy. Happy in misery. We know life is so much of suffering and misery and we live in a life. What is this life we live in? We live in the life of fear every day. I am diseased, I am going to die, oh, I am old, I am going to die, oh, I am young, but, you know, there are so much of other obstacles. I, what will happen to me? What will happen? Fear, fear, fear. We live in fear. We live in anxiety. Nothing happened in this moment. But I am anxious to know what is coming next. Oh, if it happens, if the finance cr crash tomorrow, the uh, share market crash, Thinking of that, today's joy is gone. Today's pleasure, today's happiness is being destroyed. Only thinking about what is going to happen. Anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. So we live in the life of fear. We live in the life of anxiety. We live in pain all the time. Either past experience of pain or present migraine or present some pain, physical, or not physical, mental, emotional. How much we suffer? And we call a camouflaged life. We say, I am happy. How are you? I am fine. That's our common response. <laughs> we all do that. But the point is that, really are you fine? With this type of crisis in life, with this type of anxiety, this type of fear, and living in this pain, and these worries, and death. Death is the greatest fear in us. And we live every moment fearful to face the death. We think that I will live. Everyone is dying. I may be sympathetic. Ha, 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 that person dead. What, you know. But at the same time, I think I am okay. I do not know what is happening to me tomorrow. But still, I live in this camouflaged mental condition that I am here, okay, I will be here. And then loss and bereavement. Some of our friends, some of our dear and near one, when we lose, and naturally we feel sad, we cry, we weep. This is the pain we are going through. We are bound slaves. <laughs> of our mind, of our body, and of our emotions, of our, and we are bound, bound, bound in every aspect of our life. See, where is our freedom? We are slaves of the nature. If something happens outside, it affects us instantly. A simple smile from someone's face can make my day. And simple frowning face can destroy my day. <laughs> Maybe for show, even someone shows me a frowning face, for joke, but that can destroy my peace today. So this is the way we live. We think this is a wonderful life we are living. So those who feel that is a wonderful life living, 
then time we'll have to wait for longer time because we're happy so what's the need of questioning about anything if i'm happy in the present situation so there is no need of questioning anything so praise and blame of anyone they can disturb me my joy my calmness my serenity can be destroyed in a split second swami vivekananda described this beautifully in his poem where he says my play is done he is not happy with this that's why he says my play is done but we are playing well <laughs> being in this turmoil and not knowing that it is a hypnotic hypnotic situation we are in sami vivekananda said to dehypnotize yourself this is the hypnotic state in which i think i accept all the sufferings and pain and go alone and never to question what is beyond and what is to be achieved so in the poem sami vivekananda beautifully expressed the ever rising ever falling in the waves of time still rolling on i go from fleeting scene to scene ephemeral with life's currents ebb and flow oh i am sick of this unending force these souls they please no more this ever running never reaching never even a distant glimpse of shore this is the struggle of all life and to catch the joy the peace and running running and like the horizon you would take a car and run you see we can see the horizon there on the edge of this uh, tree or house and start a car with a car and move towards that the horizon moves away so whole life we are struggling to reach that joy and peace imaginary and it is receding from us so this is ever ending ever uh, it is it is a frustration that frustration is a starting point of spiritual life swami vivekananda says from life to life i am waiting at the gates alas they open not dim are my eyes with vain attempt to catch one gleam one ray's long shot so this is the life going on i cannot rest this floating bubble earth its hollow form its hollow name its hollow death and birth for me is nothing how i long to go beyond the crust of this name and form ah open the gates to me thy the open must open the gates of light o mother to me thy tired son i long o long to return home mother my play is done so that is the turning point when we can say like that i am enough of playing in this drama of life this running after and never reaching the the peace the joy we are sought for we are seeking for and are ending this pursuit going on and on and on so the first question is that we have to understand that we are here in pain in agonies in a hypnotic state this is not me there is something i'm discover about myself so there comes the second question then you how do you do how you know about this point this discovery that it is i am living in fear anxiety worries tension i am living in fear of death and fear of all crises who is the person who can show me the way then we go to the second point go to the teacher go to some holy people and we learn that no 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 this is your not your real identity it is a fleeting identity it changes every day don't get stuck there you have a divine identity and that is infinite that is your birthless state that is your deathless state that is you are atman 
you are the self, undying self. This death of the body, death of the mind, the emotions, it's rising and falling, does not affect you. So when you learn that, then comes the question of how to actualize it. And then, actualizing, the ground of actualizing will come with the earnest desire. I want to have that. That deathless state I want to achieve. Restlessness. Ramakrishna talked about be restless. People uh, shed jug full of tears. If there is any material loss for material gain, we can cry and weep. But who is crying for this eternal loss? That there is another me. There is that eternal greatness and grandeur in me. And I am missing that all through my life. Who is serious about this point? That earnestness is the point, second point, to actualize in our life that there is a divine entity and I am in this distressed state. I will have to reach that state and I want to do it. That earnestness, that urge, that sincerity, that restlessness. That is the second point to actualize it. But in the path of actualization, there are many obstacles. Naturally, all these temptations, all these apparent glamorous things, the beads that are so like that of jewels, and to give up that and to run for that, there are many obstacles. So, Patanjali, in the yoga aphorism, he said that we are tormented by the world because several obstacles are barring us from our own selves and not allowing us to connect with our divine self. What are those? They say, first is ignorance. We are not aware. Most of us are not aware that I have a divine entity. From morning till now, we, who have thought about that I have a divine entity? I have a divine treasure in me? I am thinking from morning itself when you wake up. I am this with my these pains or aches and pains or my frustrations or failures or my financial condition or my emotional breakdown or this. I am thinking this is me, this is me, this is me. So this is first we are ignorant about that, avidya. And then comes ignorance brings our ego. And they say, I am ignorant. And then what happens? Then comes, I want to hold on. Because I am going to die. I am little petty. So I want to hold on to something. It is called attachment. Holding on and never let go. Or we feel little aversion to something. We love this means we don't like some other thing. Ignorance is product is coming. Ego is coming. And ego bringing the idea. I want to hold. I don't want to die. I want to live in life. I want to enjoy. I want to experience. And then goes on. And it forgets. It gives, makes us forget about our divine dignity. Eternal dignity. And then it takes us to attachment and to aversion. And then clingingness. Clingingness to material object, changeable object. There is nothing wrong in holding on to the material object. But matter does not give me the joy. And matter changes its face every second. So what shall I do with that which is changing itself every moment? How that can give me eternal joy? Then comes the clingingness to this body. I don't want to die. Hang on to the body. These are the questions. And Swami Vivekananda said, it is not only the abstraction, but it brings pain. That's why it is called pain-bearing abstraction. Obstacles are obstructions. Pain-bearing obstacles are this is five. Ignorance, ego, attachment, aversion, clingingness. So these are the five. It does not only stop us from knowing who we are, but at the same time, it brings pain and agonies. Not allowing us to know our 
eternal blissful state. Swami Vivekananda says, the pain-bearing obstructions are ignorance, egoism, attachment, aversion and clinging to life. And he continues, these five pains, fivefold tie that binds us down, of which the ignorance is the cause and the other four are its effects. This ignorance is the only cause of all our misery. What else can make us miserable? The nature of the soul is eternal bliss. What can make it sorrowful except ignorance, hallucination and delusion? So, this is the point. These are the five obstacles. And we have to analyze how we are caught into the trap of this ignorance and its consequent results. Therefore, we have to know that ignorance is the productive field of all these consecutive four things which are coming. It may be somewhere it is almost hidden, dormant. These future things, ego and all these later on things, attachment, aversion, they are all hiding sometimes. Sometimes it is hiding, sometimes it is little more manifest, attenuated or overpowered. See, in this trap, everyone is caught into this trap. And the Ramakrishna is to sing a song. Emni moha maya ar maya Rekheche ki kuhakkure Emni moha maya ar maya This is the play of the Divine Mother. Maha maya maya. And she has kept us under the spell of this uh, ignorance. And even the gods and goddesses are all trapped under this maya. What the question of ordinary human being like us? So this is the point that we need to discover ourselves from this mire of ignorance. We need to understand two things. First of all, that we are miserable. First to understand. <laughs> we have to understand two truths. That's why Buddhism stands on this understanding of the dukkha. Suffering. We are suffering. If we don't feel that, there's no question of coming out. Ramakrishna gave the example. No. The fisherman casts a net into the pond, on the river or into the water. There are some intelligent fish. They are called ever free. Even the net is cast, it is not falling, touching the water. They jump out and get out. They are called ever free. They never come into the mire of this ignorance and its activities. There are some, the net has touched and he is trying to get out of the net. Making an effort to get out. That's a struggling soul. There is another type of fish. They just at the net comes and they thought that I am safe and take that net and go down into the ground and in a safe custody with the mud. He thinks that I am very safe now, I am inside the mud. This is the bound condition of the individual soul, Ramakrishna said. But when the fisherman will pull the net, that who was thinking I am very safe, he is caught and killed. So our soul who think that I am very happy in this mire of this net, I am very happy, I have no problem, then, then there is no need of this study, <laughs> no need of this uh, questioning. He's happy, I am happy, that's all. But one should be first condition as I said, that we are in a miserable condition or you are, we are in a enslaved condition. We are in pain, though it appears as pleasure. Whatever pleasure appears as pleasure is actually pain to a wise person, not to the ordinary people. My tongue likes the ice cream or whatever fatty thing. It is good for me. I like it. But to the wise person, he said, no, 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 it is not good for you. It is creating your health hazard. 
So spiritual health hazard is this who feel that I am happy. But to the eyes of an intelligent person will think, no, 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 what is appearing to be so much attractive, it is not so. It's given the example that when someone, we go for fishing, say with the rod, and the fish, innocent fish, he wants to search for food, but don't go to the ground to get the food. So there is something hanging, wow, beautiful. If I grab it, I can get it so easily. I'm not to do anything. And it is hanging for me. And she jumps into it and puts it. And then you see the consequence is this. Whatever appears immediately joyful, actually look at that. Everything in our life which have given instant pleasure, instant joy, consequence brings pain. If we analyze, critically analyze, it, it should be analyzed very critically. Then we see that anything, that's why first to understand I am in this condition. Now, we are divine in a sense. That is to be, you also thought, think about that. There is my divine entity. I am infinite. I am that eternal joy. Bliss, the whole source of joy in me. And if I know this is my miserable condition and this is me, then will be the question of moving towards what is real me. So these are the two things to be known that we have to understand. We have a blissful state in us and that is our reality. It, is never, it has never left us. It is still now, but we are ignoring that. As we say always, we are taking the pictures of the world so many days cameras were like that. Now the cameras have come. You can take a selfie. <laughs> so take the selfie. This this side picture now. You have taken enough picture in this side. Huh? But now see what is inside. And get into the inner bliss and bliss and bliss. So Patanjali again can help us to suggest that in this world what you are doing. You are foolishly running into things that you are thinking onityo. Onityo means which is not eternal, non-eternal. You are thinking that is nitya. It is eternal. My home, my car, my friend, my this, my that. My money, my share market, this, that. Everything. Onityo. You do not know next moment what will happen. But we are deluded so we think that it is going on well. But it is, we, are be, we are building our house uh, on a very earthquake-prone zone without proper grounding. Of course, now they are building houses which can withstand the earthquake limits. But that on it, Asuchi, which is not very pure, we think it is eternal. Asuchi means that we make you fearful, frightening, losing your own strength and potentiality. And you are thinking, oh, what a beautiful, what a pure, what a pure essential thing I am giving, grabbing it. So it's contradictory ideas. Dukkha, which brings pain and suffering ultimately. We are thinking that it is happiness. I am happy. I am joyful. Onatma, which is not myself. This body is not me. It is changing every moment. It cannot be me. But I think I am this. The anatma as atma. Anatma khyati. This is called the definition of ignorance. What is ignorance then? Ignorance is very simply has been mentioned. That which is non-eternal, we take it as eternal. That which is impure, we think it is the pure. That which is suffering, we take it as joy. And what is changing ephemeral, anatma, and we take it Yell, that is me, that is me. This confusion is called ignorance. And, and what has happened? I am the observer. Drashta. This is the object. Drishya. Sin. The seer and the sin. The subject and the object. And what has happened? Drik darshana shakto. It has jumbled up. What is the object has become subject and we forget our subject. 
So this is the ego. Ego is what? I am identifying not with my real self this way, but I am identifying with anything which is not me. Even my body, even my mind. If my mind is the same, why it is not remains all the time same? This morning it's one mood, noontime another mood, afternoon another mood, even in between one hour, how many moods we change? So what is me? If it is if it is me, it should be I have full control over that. Can anyone have your full control over your moods? Then you are a yogi or yogini. <laughs> but that's why we don't understand that. That and I said it is me, it is mine. So that is the ego, ego sense comes when the object and subject they forget they are different and they identify as subject. Something happening in the outside, I get affected. Something happening in my body, I am affected. In my mind, I am affected. So all these are called the play of the ego. And when we get something where, where we get little touch of joy, we get attached to it. We want it second time. A good food, a good place to see, a good, good uh, experience of fun. And we want to get it second time, third time, fourth time. Eh? And never getting, if it is joy, then you touch it and you get joy forever. Why you have to go second time? <laughs> but still we think, no, no, no. It is like that. We accept it. So we go for second time, third time, fourth time. Once we get something, some bitter experience, and second time we get bitter experience, then we, hey, it's so bad. I hate it. I don't want to see the face of that person. So, see, the reaction is happening, and who is suffering? Suffering? Yeah. This person is suffering. And we are happy with that. So this is the where you get aversion and attachment. And this is the thing happening, clinging to life, we need not have to say anything. That even clinging to life, it is for the most intelligent person to the most ordinary person in the street. From the richest person in the world, wisest person in the world, to the most fool and idiot in the world. Everyone hanging on to life. I want not to die, not to die, not to die. But you are dead already. <laughs> the moment I say I want to want to die, that I changes in a split second. The cells are changing, my everything is changing in the whole body itself. And I want to die, I don't want to die, and you are already dead. Every second we are dying, 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 dying. And we are having a new body, new body. Huh? And sometimes this body goes to the cremation, finish. But Hindus say, yes, we have another body. But that's also temporary body. That is not permanent body. That you can get into another uh, costume and that will also die and then go on, go on. Till you reach that where there is no costume. It is the eternal. So now, flowing through its own nature and established even in the learning, this is the clingingness to life. And clinging to life is seen to manifest in every animal even. So repeated actions, they are creating this type of impression in the mind. It takes long time to understand that we are in bondage. And people steeped in ignorance as we are, do not discover this truth. Being when we are three types of suffering, we are battered by that. Then comes this question of questioning and then comes the God's grace actually. We come to know that from the holy people, from the scriptures, we discover, as it were, that there is a state beyond suffering and that can be made actual or real by following um, discipline. And what are the disciplines? There are so many ways to understand this truth. Path of devotion, path of knowledge, path of meditation, ah, path of selfless work, whatever. But if, if you say in the, path, in the path of meditation, there, I have just noted down those few points that discovered from the path of perfection. And it can give us the, to make us actualize our own goal or reach our real self, that to come down the ripples of the mind. The mind is running and rippling all the time, every thought of the world, 
that to come down, cool down, and let it be so cool that the eternal light which is within will shine forth, like in the in the lake or in a reservoir where there is calm, serene, clear water. Is the full moon night is now? You go and see. You see the full reflection of that moon shining. The every pore of the water as it were shining with light. So the whole body will be shining with light. Even physical body will be lighted. But the question of the inner light and that will be established in that eternal joy. And the drashta, the witness will be absorbed into that consciousness of the real I, real me. That will be my real me. We are seeing this reflected me. But that me is the real me when this reflection will be almost merged into that. How to do that? A simple formula. We have to repeatedly think that we are that or we meditate on our real self or Guru has given us the mantra to repeat the mantra, to realize, to feel the presence of the divine, my real divine entity. Not this, but something pure and concrete. Christ, Buddhas, Ramas, Krishnas we take as a symbol. Or you can think of infinite light and consciousness. Think that that is you, that is you, that is you. Again and again, abhyasa. And But when you, this practice will not be possible because mind gets distracted. Why mind gets distracted? Because you, your mind finds joy there. That's why it runs there. Or it is hateful to something. That's why it goes there. When meditation time, whom we think, whom we love and whom we hate. <laughs> or who has done something to me uh, is uh, damaging to my peace or, or created some trouble for me whole meditation goes on with him and also where I got little touch of joy or love or affection my mind runs on that whatever I love in the world mind runs that way you have to be careful allowing not the mind to go there sit here that's a practice, abhyasa. Repeated practice. And same thing. I am not the body. And analyze why I am not the body. Because it is changing. It is born in time. It will die in time. Time, space and causation. is limited by that. And that I cannot be. My divine entity is beyond the range of any regulation and restriction. It is infinite. It is potentially divine and nothing can distort that. There is no power in the world to make it impure. I am that. So talk about that. Think about that day and night. This is one way. This Bhakti Upasana, praying to God, Oh Lord, please clear. My mind is clouded. I can't see you. Please clean. Help me clean my mind. Be gracious. All these prayers or tears will rise when you try. It is only. But one day, it will not do one day. Abhyasa and Bhairagya. Abhyasa means repeated practice and Bhairagya means detachment to the things where my mind gets distracted. You should be strong enough. Spiritual life is for those people, for strong people. It is not. You cannot go both ways. No? Okay? God and Maman cannot go side by side. You cannot say that I am moving towards the east, but I am standing in the west. At the same time, no. You move towards the east, one step means you are off from the west, one step. It's a mathematics. So in spirituality, it should be going to my divine entity and whatever is creating that obstacle and pulling me back. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I reject that. That is the power. And that power of rejection is not negative because you are getting something positive. Getting the energy, getting the joy, getting the bliss. How little the world can give us and how great and grand reality is there within. You close your eyes. You are the master there. You are not the slave of the outside world anymore. So that is the practice. So this suggestion is that that you continuously, it becomes firmly grounded by long, constant efforts with great love. Why great love? Oh, I am to meditate. It is a troublesome thing. Oh my God, again I am to sit. 
I did it yesterday, but still. <laughs> this is morning time. I can sleep another hour. Am I to get up and do it again? <laughs> no. You should be strong. Yes, I'll have to do it because great is the price for this greatest achievement. You have to pay the price of it uh, as much as your higher goal. Anyone can get a, as I give the example, anyone can get a job of $9 or $8 per hour. But if you want to have a job of $1,000 per hour, then you have to have credibility of that. As much higher is the ideal, so much higher is the sacrifice necessary. And we do that for our material world, but not for our spiritual goal. Why not? Is it too much that if you get that and you attain to that absolute joy, unending joy, the world will fail, the sword will never be able to cut that joy. <laughs> fire will not be able to burn that joy from you. You will be established. So that, to actualize it. So that is the third part coming, that with this practice, constant practice, if we do that, then comes the third stage, which Patanjali says, Tatparam, that supreme state, comes when Purushakhyate, you know the consciousness in you. You are aware of the divinity. You know that that is you. And as a result, all your attachment, all your attraction for the mundane momentary thing has just fall, dropped out of you. There is nothing but God in the vision. There is nothing but the divinity in the consciousness. Outside, inside, everywhere, saturated with that consciousness. That is the state, third state. It is the point to achieve. And that is the realization coming. Actualization is the process of practice and leading to the conclusion as realization. And that realization will be that which Mane uh, Patanjali suggests that in that experience of self-realization, your consciousness will be filled with wisdom and Light and joy. Nothing but joy, light and peace. Ritambhara tattaro pragna. At that state, your pragna, your wisdom will be saturated with that. It will, it will be every pore of your consciousness will be saturated with that bliss. Upanishad declares that what? You talk about joy in life. Pratibodha viditam. In every sensation of yours. In every perception of yours. You feel that unending, everlasting joy. It is every pore of your body, you will feel the joy, million times the joy which you can expect in this material earth can give. One unit of joy, if you take what the earth can give you, consider that as one unit, highest unit of joy. Multiplied million times it will have in every pore of the body. See what we are missing. But we don't believe it. <laughs> Had we believed, Ramakrishna, Swami Vivekananda and Ramakrishna both gave the example. Suppose I am a thief and I am allowed to sit, live in this room and only beyond this wall there is a treasure of pearls and jewels and everything. And if I am a thief, can I sleep here? You cannot. We do not know this is here within us. We are just listening. We are, I am also talking. That's okay. It's a good thing to hear, learn. But we don't really believe it. Have we believed? We will be mad to get that joy. What joy we are asking for in the material mundane world? It's a drop of one sand, one grain of sand in comparison to the infinite uh, ground filled with sand and sand and sand. Joy, 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 joy. So that has been experienced, expressed in the Upanishads. And that has been experienced in the life of Ramakrishna, in the Buddha, huh? in, in Shankara. Look at that luminaries of the world. They have no earthly position. They are not rich, they are not kings. Buddha was king. But kingly joy is nothing in comparison to the joy he attained and wanted to give to the world. And that joy we are talking about and that is my real I and that is my real entity. And it can be actualized 
and ultimately it can be realized. These are the three stages. We must have to practice it. No? And then what will happen? I was just referring a few words the other day. It will be like this. Swami Vivekananda said that I am searching for this joy, this God everywhere. And everywhere I tried, I went to the church, to the mosque, to temples, to holy people and all everywhere. And I came back frustrated and suddenly one day I find that that voice ringing from my heart. And then what happened? Because of that what happened? A flash illumined all my soul. The heart of my heart opened white. Oh joy, oh bliss, what do I find? My love, my love, you are here. And you are here, my love, my all. And I was searching thee from all eternity. You were there enthroned in majesty. From that day forth, wherever I roam, I feel him standing by, over hill and dell, in high mountain and vale, far, far away and high. The moon's soft light, the stars so bright, the glorious orb of the day, he shines in them all. His beauty, might, reflected lights are they, the majestic morning, the melting evening, the boundless billowy sea, in nature's beauty, songs of birds, I see through them, it is he, it is he. When dire calamity seizes me, the heart seems weak and faint, all nature seems to crush me down with laws that never bend. Misim, I hear, O Lord, thee speaking, whispering sweet, my love, I am here, I am near, my heart gets strong. With thee, my love, a thousand deaths, no fear. And thou speakest in the mother's lay that sarts the baby's eyes when innocent children laugh and play. I see thee standing by. When holy friendship shakes the hand, he stands in between two. He pours the nectar of the mother's kiss and the baby's sweet mama. Thou art my God, with prophets old, all creeds to come from thee. The Vedas, Bible and Quran bold sing thee in harmony. Thou art, thou art the soul of souls in the rushing stream of life. Om Tat Sat, thou art my God, my love, I am thine, I am thine. See, this is the self-realization. Thank you. Om Sarve Bhavantu Shukhinaha Sarve Shantu Niramayaha Sarve Vadrani Pashantu Makaschidukhavag Bhavet Om, may all be happy, may all be free from disease, may all realize what is good, may none be subject to misery. Om, peace, peace. Peace be unto us all. You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.